0: Welcome to Together We Rise, the podcast. I'm Maxime, your host. This is the intersection between personal story, health, spirituality, change, and consciousness, because I believe these are the things that will allow us to walk the bridge from the old to the new. We are living in the times prophecies have spoken of for centuries, and the end can only become a new beginning through each of us. So as we find ourselves navigating the crumbling and humbling, let us settle into spaces and places that lead us back to the truth and magic of all that we are, whilst having some fun along the way. And that's what I hope this will bring you. Today's guest is the beautiful Taylor Winterstein. She is a mother of three, holistic health advocate and has been a powerful voice for many topics of conversation that bring with them plenty of criticism and ridicule over the last few years, yet she remains a voice for freedom. She continues to share her journey of evolution with us whilst raising her family and embodying the values that she deems important and important not only to herself but the evolution of the collective. So, this is such a timely conversation, and I cannot wait to bring her voice to you. Now, bring her I've story, to you Bring really her insights she and further wisdom further because she's got <laughs> Taylor. Like so, without further ado, let's but welcome her. There on. is one question that I always love to start with, and that is what is your medicine for the world in your own words?
1: Mm. My medicine for the world is for me to be free so that it can activate others and help them to become free too. Hmm. Um, My medicine for the world, yeah, is to stand in love and encourage others to do the same too.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's two things. (laughs) But one thing, right, (laughs) because um, (laughs) I feel like, yeah, that's such a a poignant reminder for so many of us in, you know, just the fact that you're bringing it back to the self. It's like anything that we're here Mm -hmm. to do always starts with us. And Mm -hmm. you've been on such a journey the last, you know, 10 plus years of being in a space where you've, danced in so many different areas you know your advocacy days like being on the front lines on certain things like then you know your whole personal journey of becoming a mother and da 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 you know like um it's just been really interesting to kind of observe on the sidelines I've never met uh, actually I say I've never met you I've seen you and Frankie a couple of times at um the rallies back, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you spoke at the, on the gold coast. And I remember um, seeing you guys putting the kids in the car as I was walking away and I was going to stop and talk to you. And I was like, you were pregnant. I'm like, mm, it just didn't feel right. But I was watching you and I'm like, I always have a thing when I'm meant to cross paths with people, I observe them first. It just is how it happens. And for you, I could feel that what you speak and what you do was truth. And mm it's just something that I wanted to kind of not even consciously start the conversation with, but just for people that are listening, you know, to constantly come back to that, even when the, the the things that you maybe once felt called to shift and change, I guess that's where I would love to start the conversation because mm-hmm. so much has evolved for you in terms of where you place your energy, but you always are honoring what it is that you're being asked to do from now so Mm -hmm. could you maybe speak into some of that journey for you and what has been your guiding light in returning to truth and why do you feel that that potentially is like the basis for being able to to circulate the medicine you were just speaking to yeah um
1: when I say, you know, when I feel like I speak my truth because I I fully accept that everybody has a different truth and everybody, you know, everybody is like coexisting and co-creating this together. And um, for me, when I speak my truth or what I believe to be true, I know that somebody else out there isn't going to see it as truth and disagree with it and it probably will rock the boat and it probably will create and cause a lot of tension, like truth. When I say what I, what I say, it's not necessarily easy to say it, to be honest, because a lot of what I say always creates friction (laughs) and it creates this like, you know, this kind of swarm of bees around me that always like, yeah, I want to like stir some things up a little bit. And, um, for, yeah, like I know when I'm speaking truth, when, Yeah. When I'm copping some heat, to be honest. So for me, I just have this, this urge, this sort of like fire in my belly, this like almost like this unstoppable sort of unseen force that comes through where I, I can't not say something. Um, and I know that when I say something, it's going to inspire a lot of people but it's also going to trigger a lot of people and make a lot of people mad. Mm -hmm. So for me, like that's my reference point of like how I know I'm speaking my truth is because it will yes, inspire people, but it also will like, bring some arrows my way. Um, and I know I'm onto something then, um, if there's no arrows coming my way, I'm like, "Mm, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just having a little bit of a breather, a break. but usually it's like, yeah, she said something and then people are like, yeah, they're, they're coming for me basically, which is, um, it's just a natural part of my journey. I've accepted. Um, I can't avoid that. There won't be, you know, I can't avoid backlash. I can't avoid the critics. I can't avoid people having something negative to say about me because I guess um, I'm the type of person that is very confident in saying how I, saying what I want to express. Basically, I don't hold myself back from speaking and expressing in a way that I feel is anchored in love and grounded in truth. Even if that does rock the boat and upset and annoy a lot of people, Mm. Uh, I have to stand in my, in what I'm speaking. I have to say what I want to say. um, And you know, sometimes I am like I I've, I've definitely made mistakes in the past where my delivery has been off and I've been like, you know, aggressive or I've been very staunch in my in my position. However, I guess over the last year, especially after my dad passed away, I have absolutely softened and centered and grounded much more into um, you know, how can I share my truth but understand that um you know at the end of the day like everybody is trying to do their best everybody you know does we do want the same thing at the end of the day we just have different ways of getting there if that makes sense so um yeah i kind of see the world differently now to be honest which has like made me pivot in a in a different kind of way in a different different version of me speaking, I guess, which is kind of like a bit confusing to people because they are used to me seeing me, you know, on the front lines, being strong, advocating this and that. And yes, that deaf, that warrior in, is still very much in me. And I will, you know, step into that archetype when I need to, but it's not all the time. And previously, you know, before this year in particular, or even before we moved to our farm, like I was in that warrior mode all the time. And I guess everything that happened since 2020 to 2022 had everybody sort of in that warrior mode. Um, But I felt like I needed to be in that archetypal, that role all the time because that's how we needed to be. And then I realized you know, it serves a point and it's, you know, there's a time and place for me to step into that. And then there's a time and place for me to sit down and rest and kind of have my sword sitting on my lap. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. It's like, I don't need do to like go into battle all the time, yes. but I can just like sit here and rest yes. and kind of observe and take my time and just find that little bit of respite in between the, things that we're going to come up against because we are, that's just the nature of this game that we, we live in this, you know, this world and we're having this human experience and there's always going to be challenges. You know, if we go through life thinking that it's going to be easy breezy and no one's going to trigger me, well then like, that's not realistic, you know, like we're going to come up against things that are here for our good. And it is a blessing. And I say this to a lot of people who don't know how I still show up and do what I do. I say, well, like I, I don't, see myself as a victim to my circumstances. I see every struggle and challenge that I go through, even like the the harshest of harsh like battles and backlash and criticism that I've been through, I see that as a blessing, even though yes, it does hurt and it, it does suck sometimes, but I also reframe it and see it as a blessing because if I didn't have those experiences, I wouldn't be as strong as I am today. Like I just wouldn't. I need I needed those those tough moments to go through to show myself what I'm made of, but also show other people like we can still stand for something. We don't have to be bullied and pushed around and, you know, coerced and manipulated into saying or doing things or kind of, you know, submitting, submitting to, I don't want to say it, but it's like evil. Like I'm not going to be submitting to evil. I'm going to be standing in my truth and love and, um, and yeah, I, I don't know if I just, whatever I said just made sense there, but I'm just, for me, I it just, made
0: It made sense to me, so. Yeah, I'm oh like, <laughs> that made sense. But sometimes <laughs> when
1: I speak, I know what I want to say, but I'm like, when it comes across, it's like. Yeah. Because I, I live this every single day. This is just how I am. This is just what I do. Like mm-hmm. if you meet me, like it's the same thing, you know, same thing you see me on social media is the same thing in real life. And mm-hmm. that's probably like the biggest compliment people can give me is like what they see on social media matches up in real life, because you do see a lot of smoke and mirrors on social media. And and it's hard to tell if that's somebody's real life and what they're actually doing behind the scenes or like, you know, if it's, is it all just a show kind of thing? So when I meet people like, I'm the same. I give you my all. I'm honest. I say my truth. Even if we don't agree on something, that's okay. Like I don't expect everybody to agree with what I'm saying. Like that is just like delusional. Like I don't expect that every single person on my page is like, yay, 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 take, let go, like we agree, we love you, blah blah. Of course, it's (laughs) going to be people that disagree with me, and that's beautiful because that opens up more questions, hopefully in a respectful way, and we could just ask better questions and have a deeper understanding of each other. And at the end of the day, if we can do that, we would be in a much more peaceful place in society today.
0: Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, there are a few threads in that one. It's like I kept hearing the word fortification. You know, it's like all of those things that you go through that are challenging that do push you to your edges where you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to get to that next level. Like it's like, it they're, they're yeah. necessary for the fortification of who we are beyond just physical human, but equally physical human. And I love that you shared that because I hope people will kind of take the time to match that up to their own life experiences, because that's the thing. It's like when you see somebody go through hardships and they're like able to stand back up and even be vulnerable in the hardship and be like, this is really challenging for me. I'm dealing with this all the time. This is like, you know, when you said that piece around your dad, it's like, you're very open in your speaking around your grief, even though I can imagine that that is not even an easy thing. So it's like, being able to see that, that was like the first thread that I I feel that I just wanted to reweave in there for people, but also just that piece around the warrior. it's like that is when I, when I think of like battle, just like, even just as a physical, like a physical thing in my mind's eye, it's like, you look at that back. It's like, even battle never was constant. It was, as you were saying, you go in and then you come out and you go in and you come out. And it's like, the fight has shifted and changed so much. And particularly for women. And this is, um, something perhaps I'd love to dance with a little bit with you and, you know, your relationship dynamics in your home, like being in that energy, it's not naturally where a lot of us as women find peace, harmony, harmony, radiance, those things. And that's not to say that we don't need to know how to do the other part because that's the, that's Mm -hmm. like the mother archetype has that wrapped in her. Right. It's like, she would go to the ends of the earth to protect what she loves, her children, her family, like all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But from your Mm -hmm. experience, what has that been like to step out of that? And what have you had to come up against? Because it's all well and good for people to be like, Oh, I I don't want to operate in that space anymore, but you don't go from there to there without there being some things Mm -hmm. that we need to explore and move through. And why is it that, that steadfastness, that staunchness can come Mm -hmm. from a place that is potentially no longer in service to the collective evolution as well, because it's like, that I feel is also asking us to change because it's a repertoire, of what we've done to this point that has allowed that continuous separation and I would love for you to kind of share your views on that
1: (laughs) yeah thank you
0: for asking me that
1: question because um it is definitely relevant to things that I'm experiencing right now and um you know the saying comes to me I don't know if you've heard of it but like and I'm probably going to butcher this saying but it's something it goes along the lines of like um be careful of the monster that you fight that you don't become like that monster. You don't become that monster. It's like that. Yeah. Just be careful of what you're constantly battling and fighting up against. Um, and that you don't turn into the same thing. And um, you know, me two, three years ago probably would have been like, "What? like, what is, what do you mean? But like, when I read that saying not long ago, I was like, well, that's so true because things that I'm experiencing right now from people, even within the community who, you know, I once stood on, you know, on the front lines with, um getting very much consumed by um the hate in the world that's you know being kind of swept up at the moment or circulated and um and I'm and I'm witnessing people do things and say things that they it's they wouldn't usually like it's not them if that makes sense so it's mm-hmm. like you know, witnessing people turn into like the person that they are so angry, like they're trying to fight against, you know, like if it's the government or it's a politician or whatever, but in, in the same way, they are embodying or um, expressing very similar traits. And I just picked up on that, you know, very recently, but I have kind of been picking up it, picking up on it over the last year or so of like, okay, how we, we've gotten this far. Right. So then how can we get to the next phase or next part of our evolution? Um, and how can we move humanity and the collective consciousness into a, a much more, I don't know what the word is, but it's like I don't know if this is going to sound out there, but it's a frequency. I I see everything as like frequency, right? So how can we shift, um, almost like timelines and move into a frequency where no matter what happens outside of us in this, you know, this three D (laughs) world, it can't touch us because it can't touch us because we've come, we've truly come back to the frequency of love and we truly emanate that and we truly embody that. And so it doesn't matter what the, you know, the the big evil guys who are kind of like trying to run the show do like, it doesn't, it can't touch us. It can't penetrate our field because it's not a match. And so for me, like if I'm yelling and screaming and being angry and like, you know, constantly in that frequency, eventually like that's going to become a match for (laughs) the opposing kind of force that I'm trying to, you know, like close down, if that makes sense. So I see that play out right now with a lot of world events happening. People who have been on the front lines are unknowingly become an energetic match for that thing that they're fighting up against. And it's bringing more hate and more division and more anger and more fear and more all of the things that we don't want into their lives. And I'm like, well, you're wondering why you're like you're suffering because you're literally creating yourself to be an energetic match for that entity to come through. So I'm like, for me, I kind of zoom out a little bit and say, okay, Hey, hang on. What's really happening here. And like, how can we literally kind of step back and almost like move to the side so that these parallel worlds, they are existing together, but for me, it's like, I can't, that parallel world not going to touch my parallel world because I'm over here. I'm focusing on what's right in front of me. I'm realizing that there's nothing more important than presence with my children, with my husband, with my family, with my farm, that we're literally trying to keep alive and sustain because it's going to help my family, you know, seven generations down, you know, down my lineage in the future. So for me, when I focus on like, what's right in front of me, the outside noise of the world kind of it gets quieter and quieter and quieter, and I don't buy into a lot of the things that people are wanting me to buy into and jump onto right now because I, I can't. I have to focus on what's right in front of me. And, yeah, I guess some people can say that that's selfish and that's selective, but at the end of the day, I'm witnessing people jump onto things that are so consuming energetically and so heavy where they cannot show up and be the mum that they want to be. They cannot show up and function in their own homes. Like ask, I have to ask myself, like, is that truly an effective way to advocate? Is that truly an effective way to help shift humanity and change the world? Like for me, it's not, it's Mm -hmm. not an effective way because you're getting swept up in literally what they want you to get swept up in. So for me, I'm always thinking, okay, how can I, how can I, if I'm here for, I don't know how long I'm here for, but you know, say I'm here for 60 70 80 years like what do I want to do with my life like how do I want to create impact what kind of example do I want to set what do I want my children to remember me by do I want my children to remember me for being angry all the time and fighting against people and rah rah chanting and screaming or do I want my children to remember me as a present mom who helped you know as many people as she could and nurtured the land so that we could pass it down to our babies and build a life for them where they never have to worry in the future. And they can then continue to help other people and serve in that way too. So, you know, you kind of have to zoom out a little bit and kind of get out of your own world and see like, how can you truly be of service to your family, to your community, but also like to our future generations that will eventually come and will have to live in this world that we are creating. And if you're creating a world full of more division, hate and anger, well then just know that like, more than likely that's going to continue to play out and be repeated in patterns and cycles of the, the children that are coming down the future, you know, our future lineage. So for me, I'm, I don't know. I kind of just see, I see things a lot differently and and absolutely the death of my dad has a massive part to play in that because it humbled me like I have never been humbled before. And my heart absolutely broke. And the thing that I didn't want to happen happened. And I, yeah, I just have been navigating such intense grief and pain where I realized like watching my dad pass away, there's at the end of the day, like nothing else is real, but love everything else is an election the only thing that is real is love I watched my dad take his last breath I watched him literally pass pass over and transition and it was the most beautiful spiritual experience that I've ever had in my life alongside birthing my children and f- especially free birthing my daughter free birthing my daughter and watching my dad transition was like oh it gave me goosebumps and literally like two very clear examples of nothing else is real in this world. Everything is illusion. And the only thing that is real is love. And so if we can remember that, you know, that everything else is a distraction and these, these narratives that are being manufactured for us to fight against each other and, and lose sight of like what we, what it is that we're really here to, here to do, which is love each other, serve each other. Um Yeah. For me, it's like, I don't want to be in that sort of energy anymore. I, I will if I need to, but I will come from it in a different angle and it will be more grounded in love rather than um, anger and staunch and aggressiveness because yeah, for me, I just, everything in my world shifted. My whole world got turned upside down. My whole home got turned upside down. My dad lived here with us on the farm. So when you go through something as humbling as a death in your family, especially when it's someone so extremely close to you, you can't help but see the world completely differently and grief softens you. It changes you. It it, it changes your in, entire being. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, they're surprised at like why I'm not kind of adopting, um, you know, these, these issues that are happening in the world that, you know, you would assume that I would kind of be on the front lines for, um, everyone's kind of confused, but yeah, I've changed. I'm not the same person and I am on the front lines, but in a different way. And it's a much more softer version of myself, which I'm grateful to be in this space because I have to say it is a lot more sustainable um, and it's a lot more healthier for my family in particular that I can actually show up and do what I need to do in a way that doesn't have my nervous system constantly in a stress response of fight or flight.
0: Mm. so yeah yeah and that that sustainable piece is so important for change you know like people need to have the long-term view and that's something that you often echo you know it's like everything that you do you are able to Mm -hmm. kind of envision it from that long-term perspective and Mm -hmm. it's not like you cannot keep that up and it is exactly as you say it's like that level of energy that And it's usually the ones that have a lot of vital life force that are here to help create change that are the ones that can get so easily consumed in that, which is exactly what it's designed Mm -hmm. to do. Cause it's like, what would it be if you're redirecting that energy, that consciousness, that, you know expression into the actual things that are required for the framework and the templating of something that's completely alternative to what they're wanting us to focus on. Now, there's that fine mm-hmm. line always and I and I do always kind of weave that into. It's like we don't want to bypass and I'm not suggesting that that's what you're suggesting at all, but mm-hmm. just like for people, mm-hmm. you know, have the awareness, know where you stand on those things, know like when it is appropriate if you meet it in your day-to-day, it might be that you need to have a conversation with somebody or you know, but Put a cap on it. Yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. what you're saying, it's like when it's leaky, when it's so open, when it's constantly like barraging you, and mm-hmm. you're constantly being like, you gotta go over here and you gotta do that, and da-da-da-da. And I mm-hmm. think actually that's something that I would love. I know that you've kind of spoken on it a little bit there, but that willingness and especially for people that have potentially created communities or that are wanting to, you know, build communities and if you've built it from a particular place where it's like you used to maybe do that and people have an expectation of how you show up and what you do, but then it's like mm. something happens and you're like, actually that doesn't resonate for me anymore. But you've got to, you've mm. like, what would you say to people that are like still kind of folding, perhaps, maybe not even consciously, but they're they're hearing this now and they're like, hmm, maybe. Th- I've felt that I'm not supposed to be doing it in that way anymore, but I still haven't fully embraced it because it's what I know it's my default. It's how mm. I you know, like fight for things. It's that way. I'm cause there's also a guilt sometimes, right? It's like, well, if you're not firsthand experiencing it, but you can see that there's all these atrocities happening, people find that really difficult. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, they, mm. that's how they deal with that guilt instead of actually facing it. Like, what would you say to people that are folding potentially unknowingly or knowingly to the expectations of others around what they should and shouldn't be speaking on? Because not everyone yeah. has arrived yet in a place where they can do what you're doing. Um, Mm. in the sense that when people come at you, you should be doing this. You should be using your platform like that. You should be using your voice like this. And the the wider your audience gets, the more that people feel like they almost have a, um, uh, like an entry point into like, you must be doing that because you've always done that. There's like obligation. That's the word that I was looking for. It's almost like they have like a, yeah,
1: oh, look, I have so much compassion for people like that because I was that, that was me. I was on the front lines and I was like, if you're not speaking about this and like, you know, you, oh, I, I get it, like I literally said very similar things. Mm-hmm. So I understand what it's like to take that position because that, I did have that position once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And I get it's coming from passion and it does come from good intentions um, underlying it all. Like I I understand, I understand those people on a very deep level because I once upon a time was exact same. I felt the exact same. And I was, you know, shouting from the rooftops, like, why isn't everybody speaking about this? And I couldn't get it. But now I'm on the other side of that. You know, now I get why. (laughs) (laughs) When I was streaming, I get why those people weren't necessarily, you know, saying what I wanted them to say because everybody is, you know, here to play their own role and everybody's here to do their part in a different way. It doesn't have to look the same as me shouting from the rooftops over here, you know. And I was very, I guess, naive and ignorant to think that everybody should be doing it this way. But, you know, in actual, for like, you know, honestly, if people are not on the front lines and not shouting but they're doing more work in their home and they're having better conversations with people face-to-face like that's also making an impact too. So we can't discount what everybody's here to do and how they're here to serve and how they're here to, here to, here to impact people in their own ways, in their own different roles um, and how they're here to here to serve and change and, you know, really bring people back to love. And I guess for me, the first thing that I would uh, like, you know, just encourage people to do is just be honest be honest about your mental health, be honest about where you are physically, be honest about how you feel spiritually. You know, there's a lot of, I keep saying there's a lot of spiritually shaken people at the moment, um, who are very much, um, yeah, really just speaking from a place of, ah. I don't know what the word is. Cause I don't want to sound like I'm just, I don't want to sound like I'm bypassing. Cause I'm not like, I honestly am not bypassing the situation. I absolutely, you know, I'm just just as disgusted as everybody else of like the atrocities that are happening all over the world, not just in one part of the world, but it's all over the world, even here on this country that we're coming to you from. Right. I'm disgusted at the injustices and the atrocities that happen on this soil um, and and I understand that and it gets me very fired up and upset, but I also understand what it's like to be on one side of like shouting and chanting and screaming and advocating. And I also now get what it's like to be on this side, doing it in a different way where I'm having better, more peaceful conversations, bringing people back to love. I'm sharing in a different way that, you know, might not make sense to a lot of people, but eventually, you know, maybe in 10 years, time when we realize that we can't constantly be battling 24 seven, that, you know, actually is important to rest and take some respite and, you know, focus on who's in front of you and have those better conversations with the people that you meet. And, and just, you know, what, if you want to be a change in this world, like start with what you are doing with yourself first and foremost, how are you treating people? Like, how are you treating people? If you are expecting somebody else to change, someone else is you know creating such injustices and atrocities around the world but like what are you doing like how are you what are you embodying you know and how are you looking at your capacity for evil and your capacity to you know potentially commit atrocities as well because we all have it inside of us it's we're not that indifferent like we're not that different if that makes sense we actually all have a capacity for evil too that will stay as lingering in our shadows. And I guess it's like something that we don't really want to speak about. And maybe that's, you know, a sense of bypassing too, of like the people that are on the front lines and really being staunch and what they're fighting against. It's like not actually looking at, well, you know what? Like if I'm really honest, I have the capacity for evil. Mm. If somebody was to come for my family Absolutely. I've got the capacity for evil, you know, and it is alive in all of us. It's human nature, you know? So if we can kind of just like look at how we are, you know, showing up in the world and what we are embodying and how we're treating people and, and what we're emanating as well. Like I want to hope and pray that when I go out in the world, I'm emanating love. I'm emanating compassion. I'm not emanating, you know, straight off the bat anger, rage, division, vitriol like hey um you know all these things that we say we don't want in this world anymore but we're still emanating that we're still radiating. we're still putting that out into the into the collective so it's like again going back to that saying be careful of that monster that you fight that you don't become exactly like that monster because a lot of the things that we say that we don't want in this world we're actually still very much um pouring that into co- the collective and for me it's like you know, when I go down to the shops and I meet a random person, like I would like to think that they felt really moved by my presence and that I was anchored and grounded in love. And I wasn't, you know, huffing and puffing and moaning and groaning and, Mm. you know, actually made a difference to that person's life just in how, in how I was and how I was being in my presence. Like that's, that's, I think the biggest way we can impact people in a face-to-face, like Mm. in-person way is like, When you come across somebody, you know when they feel warm and loving and safe, you know, like how are we uh, embracing more of that and how can we be more of that in this world is maybe, you know, the question that I will kind of put to everybody, you know, rather than like saying, oh, it's all well and good to like close your eyes and ignore and turn the other way, I'm absolutely not advocating that whatsoever. But how can we witness something that's happening and still stay in our hearts and have compassion and grace for other people without being sucked into that, like that, that, yeah, that, that rage, that anger, that feeling of like that anger and rage is absolutely appropriate when it's expressed in a very healthy and effective way. But a lot of what I'm seeing is not being expressed in a healthy and effective way. And it's actually creating more Damage, division, and destruction. So that's what I can't stand for. And that's what I won't be anymore. Is like, let's let's rage, absolutely. Let's grieve together, absolutely, but let's do it in a way that moves us as a society into a much more um connected. Yeah, connected way, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but like I know what I see right, and I, I know what's possible. Right. In the <laughs> world, but <it's> I, like
0: <laughs> Yeah, I totally get it because it's like that that is connection though right it's connection to self first and foremost because it's honoring the emotion and the experience because a lot of us don't get told that right it's like and even rage that word people oh no like anger is one thing but rage like that's dangerous that's out of control it's like yeah but mm-hmm. as you say it's an appropriate response to something that feels so far beyond something that we can influence like through a tangible action right here on the other side of the world mm-hmm. or wherever you find yourself like it, it, it's your humanity, right? It's like if you have mm-hmm. a, a, a a part of you that's connected to your heart that has a deeper connection to your humanity, then you are mm. going to feel that at some stage. You are going to feel Absolutely. the of that sort of stuff show up. But it's like you need mm. to have a connection to your own internal. Experience to then be able to express that, but then also come into harmony with community in connection and to be able mm-hmm. to go, yeah, actually that's a shared experience. And I'm not afraid to speak mm-hmm. on that and to share that with you and to let you see that because ultimately that's the other thing, right? It's like so much of this dysfunction, in my view, and how I've seen it and perceived it, stems from disconnect, disconnect from self, disconnect from one another, disconnect yeah. from another, and disconnect from God, right? And mm-hmm. It's like that is the return. So for me, it's always like, look, problem, solution to an extent. (laughs) I say that lightly, Mm -hmm. but it's like, as you were describing, like you zoom out and it's like, well, this is actually the avenue in. And it's not always Mm -hmm. about also what we're doing uh, on a, a grander scale. The micro moments are the macro moments at some stage. And I loved that you yeah, kind of brought that all together because it also comes back to family, right? And you're raising three beautiful mm-hmm. children and there's so much that they're witnessing and that they're experiencing. And from you just being able to let them see you in that way and to be able to be like, oh, this is what regulation looks like. This is what co-regulation looks like. This is what it looks like to be in relationship mm-hmm. with others and in relationship with life. Because again, as you said way earlier on, it's like, it's not always going to be smooth sailing, but we've got to know how to kind of go through those experiences to get to the other side. And I would love to shift gears a little bit around, you know, what's lighting your fire at the moment. I know that you've like stepped into some new projects, you're doing something that's completely out of what you've been doing in the past, but you're still leading, you're leading people, creating community, like, Mm. you want to share a little bit about that journey as well and even within that the arrows that came your way to and to yeah, your absolutely <laughs> yeah I mean I guess
1: when and I have to take ownership as well because I do see how I have created this version of myself that people have become very attached to and when I don't continue to play that version I step into something different it, wigs people out and they're like hey on like <laughs> what's going on with us there's a the tailor that we you know that we know like this is, this is something happening here and you know I'm not you know maybe usually playing my usual role that I, I would and I guess I did I did create that you know that role and that figure of myself um, absolutely from a place of authenticity but also like I'm allowed to um evolve like I'm allowed to change I'm allowed to I'm allowed to change my mind and I'm allowed to like pivot into a new area that I feel um, very called to be in. And even if that doesn't make sense to the world, like it makes sense to my heart and I have to go with that. So um, yeah, I shifted into network marketing recently and I don't know at the start, like when I was just, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't stop thinking about this project (laughs) And God was just placing it on my heart. I'm just like, Whoa, what is going on? Like I'm starting when I, I, before I bring something to life, I always see it. I always see it. I dream of it. I get things come to me all the time in visions. Mm-hmm. Um, And it just was like keeping me up at night. It was so intense. It was so like, I was like, I was onto something like, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is going to open up so many like doors and You know, this is, there's something in this the same way. I feel like there's something in this with everything else that I've done before in the past is the same feeling that I got. So I knew I had to trust it because it was the same feeling, even if it didn't look usually like something that I would go with, you know? So I did, I stepped into it and I could see how all of my experience and all of my skills And everything that I've done previously could actually be moved into this business model in a way to still serve women and still serve families. And I realized that like, I can still do everything that I love, but inside this business model and help women step into more confidence, become the leaders that they are in their own homes first and foremost, but also bring in abundance, Mm -hmm. you know, really bring in abundance. And I think that, yeah, it's just, it's an exciting opportunity for me to be in because I've never done anything like this before. I haven't put my name to anything like this before and I haven't opened up space for women to come through and be mentored by me in this way. And also um, be in a position where they can actually, you know, really create a generous and big and abundant income stream for themselves. So it is very exciting and it's very new for myself and the women that I'm getting to work with and the women that are coming into my space um, but it also obviously like with anything that I do, it comes with backlash and criticism and judgments and stuff like that, even from people within my community. Um, yeah, some people have some things to say, but I, at the end of the day, like I don't worry too much about that. I, I look at who I'm, who's right in front of me. I look at who's in my team. I look at the women who I'm speaking to and how they are being impacted by this opportunity that it really is just a vehicle for their families to become even more free, if that makes sense. And so I can't deny the work that is happening and how I guess God is moving through our lives and things are unfolding because of the results that I'm seeing in the women that I'm with, you know, I can't deny that. That's not made up. That is not something that is forced or faked, that it's real life experiences and real life testimonials, I guess, as to like what this, opportunity has done for people so far. I've only been in it like four months, but since I've been in it, it's been absolutely one of the best decisions that I've made because I have been able to reach more women, new women, actually. I haven't, um, you know, I don't think I would have come across these women if it wasn't for this opportunity, but I've been able to serve women in a different way that is still very much doing what I usually do. Um, but it's helping women make money, you know? So it's like, That financial breathing space that women are receiving right now is doing a lot for their home life, a lot for their marriages, a lot for just the mental load that we put ourselves under every single day. Because we do, we're under an immense, an immense crazy, like, um, I don't want to say pressure because I don't, I don't want women to put more pressure on themselves, but we do carry a big emotional load every single day whether it be with the home, the kids, the work, the, whatever it is, the, the stressing about the partner. And, you know, a lot of partners, like a lot of men out there are stressed and struggling and they, they don't know how they're going to, you know, continue to financially support the family, you know? So a lot of women do want to like step into something and really help out and alleviate that. And I get that, like, I, I don't discount that or kind of, you know, make that into something like they shouldn't be doing. If women want to step in and help out, absolutely. Like let's do it through this vehicle and let's really make the most impact that we can. So um, I am not one to be afraid to do something different <laughs> or no, do something is, like, like risky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like to take a risk. I like to stretch myself. I like to get outside of my comfort zone if you don't get outside of your comfort zone, you're not really gonna find out what you're made of. So for me, I like putting myself in those situations and seeing what I'm made of and seeing like, okay, this is really uncomfortable for me because like, I don't know too much. I mean, I know what I know in my field of work, but I don't know too much about like this kind of arena, Um, but I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to be a student. I think if you think that you know everything and you've done everything or you're too good for something, that's when life will come through and humble you. And so for me, I didn't think that I was too good for this opportunity. Am I like overqualified for the position or the rank that I'm in at the moment? Absolutely. I'm overqualified. I already know how to run teams. I know how to like work with the women, but I also know that I can only go as fast as my team. So that means that I actually have to refine my leadership skills now and not, you know, go fast at the pace that I want to, because I can, I can zoom off if I, if I really wanted to, I could, but, there's, what's the point of doing that? I'm not here to be just serving myself. I'm here to genuinely serve other women, you know? So that means I have to nurture the girls and meet them where they're at. And a lot of them are at the beginner level of like really finding themselves for the first time, really trying to trust themselves for the first time and back themselves in a new thing for the first time as well. So that's been actually probably the most rewarding part is really refining my skills as a leader to um, nurture these women who are just starting out and, and really building them and helping them, um, you know, find how they can become the leader within their own lives too. So that's like, that's, that's what I get excited about. Like that's what's lighting me up to see the potential in women um, and hold that vision for them before they can fully like see it or step into it for themselves just yet. That gets me excited. Cause we are, so freaking powerful. Like women, I'm like just in awe, you know, like I, I love being around women who are, you know, really doing something brave and courageous and putting themselves out there and really kind of, yeah, I don't know, like doing something, doing something different. (laughs) It's like different because it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe just more of the stigma around like how do we think it's okay to like diss and, you know, shame mums who are just trying something out, who want to help provide for their families? You know, like I feel like we're just so like society is just in this warped kind of way of, you know, like, Oh, we'll go and buy off the big corporations, but don't go buy off your friends. right? right. Cause that's a scam. I'm like, that's literally <laughs> what we're doing is like buy off your friends and support your friends. Don't go down to friggin' Woolies and buy, the thing that you're going to be supporting a, you know, a CEO at the top of the bloody actual pyramid that people, you know, you never know or you see about your, you know, when you buy off your friends, you're helping them to put food on the table. Why would you not want to do that? You know, that's how I kind of see it. And yet people yeah. kind of just like, yeah, they kind of just dismiss it and, and turn their nose up to it. But I, I see it completely differently. I think the more money, um, that we can circulate into good hands, the more good that we can actually do. Like when I am super wealthy, super abundant, I can circulate that to so many more families. Like that's a good thing. So I think it's, yeah, it's kind of time to reframe how we see you know, opportunities like this, especially because I, I don't actually see money as the root of all evil. I see money as a resource um, to help, shift society and get us into a space where we really truly can create this world that we will be happy to leave behind for our babies and our grandbabies.
0: Mm. Yeah. There are a few things in that, that, that saying, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go yeah. together. Right. It's like, that is yeah. again, like the collective shift for the ones that are really wanting to live in the, 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 version of reality that you've been speaking to many a time throughout this conversation where freedom is at its heart and community connection, love is the frequency in which we're residing. It touches Mm -hmm. everything. It is not just like your family or not just who you are. It's like, it's, it's the external as well as you're alluding to now, like with resources and that sort of thing. And it's like network marketing or, you know, all those sorts of things. Like when I see a collective theme for me personally, that is, entrenched in, you know, picking out only the, the things that they don't like about something. I'm like, where did that actually come from and who could that potentially be benefiting? And the fact that you're bringing up, you know, big corporations, like how they've been able to trickle into our lives. And so much of our reliance has become on them. It's like, well, of course. Something like this is—it's disruptive. Anything that's disruptive that could take people away from having to be reliant on the big stuff and mm-hmm. reorganize mm-hmm. freedom within smaller communities—that's also going to have like an energetic overlay in which we all need to to explore for ourselves if we want to be in that level of freedom. And when that judgment's there, of oh, you're in this, and like what you're saying about mums wanting to do better, and but people are judging them. It's like we need to also take a moment mm-hmm. and just come back to the self and be like, yeah, is that really true though? Like, is it really true? Mm. Is it really like, is it, do you know that that is not coming from good intent, you know? And as you're saying, Mm. like we've got to, we've got to make that time to, 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 help one another in the sense of if we are resource rich, like that is where so much of that balance and harmonization is going to come from. It's not going to be this Mm. like you're up here and you're struggling down there, but I can see you're struggling and I'm just going to keep sitting up here. It's like, no, I'm going to support you where I can so you can empower yourself. And that's what I love about Mm. what you're sharing here because it's not this savior, this martyr, you know, like I'm going to come in. It's this is about the empowerment of all through doing it alongside one another, because it's like, you still got to do the work. Yeah. It's like you're what you're talking about. So you can have support, you can have the leadership, you can have those that are on your team cheering for Mm. you and wanting you to go all the way. But at the end of the day, it's like, we've also got to make those changes. And that's Mm. kind of like what I feel so much of this conversation has been about is like what you started with very early on about the piece of, what is your medicine for the world? It's like coming back to self, but then looking at how you're influencing through everything that you're doing. And that doesn't mean perfect. Yeah, like um, I, I have no mm-hmm. doubt that that will be something mm-hmm. that you agree with. Like yeah. it's perfect. perfect isn't in my vocabulary.
1: I'm not perfect.
0: It's like, <laughs> it's like you're going to mess it up. You're going to make, you're going to miss misstep, sidestep, forward step, back step, and then you're going to mm-hmm. come back and you're going to get what you need and you're going to be able to move forward. But it's like, Yeah. for people that are kind of on, um, you know, their own journeys of this, what would you love to say in closing, you know, is there anything that's still on your heart? Is there anything that you want to leave people with? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Just stay true to your own heart. Stay true to your own heart. Because at the end of the day, like you have to know how to have your own back. If you don't have your own back, you're constantly going to be, uh abandoning yourself you know for me I I know what that's like to abandon myself and betray my own heart and please other people and put other people's needs before mine and at the end of the day like I have to live with myself that doesn't feel it doesn't it didn't feel like it didn't feel good anymore it felt like soul destroying it felt crushing yeah to my sense of worth and my value and Yeah. When you stay true to your own heart and you share the gifts that you are here to share, you're always going to be led down a really beautiful path. Yeah. It might be a bit rocky and you might stumble across some challenges and obstacles and hurdles and people might, you know, have things to say about you, but people will always have things to say about you. That's just the the name of the name of the game is like, if you go through life thinking that no one's going to judge you or have something to say, especially behind your back, like that's not, you know, we don't really live in reality. Everybody has something to say and everybody's always, you know, judging you from through a different lens. So I just encourage people to just stay true to their heart. You know what that will look like and feel like for you because it's going to look and feel different for everybody. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: Even when you know, sometimes it's really hard to stay true to your heart when it comes to family.
0: Mm.
1: That's like the hardest part. When it comes to friends or people that you don't really know, that's the easy part. Putting in boundaries and staying true to yourself and your heart is the easy part when it comes to friends. But when it comes to family in particular, yeah, that's when it gets really challenging. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, when you get to the end of your life, are you going to be happy with how you lived? Are you going to be happy with how you stayed true? Are you going to be, you know, content with the work that you shared in this world and the gifts that you were here to bring? Like, that's something that I ask myself. And I guess it's because I watched my dad pass, pass over. Like, you know, I know that my dad will look back on his life and say that he was, yeah, he did everything that he could do in his life. He did. He served to his maximum capacity. He loved to the max capacity. And so when I look at my life now, I constantly take every day as like, well, tomorrow's not guaranteed or promised. So like if I was, you know, if my life was to end very soon, would I be happy with how I treat people? Would I be happy with how I served? Would I be happy with the work that I did? And if you're not happy and if the answer is honestly no, you're being super, super honest with yourself, like like have a look at that and see how we can shift and pivot and what needs to be changed and what needs to be, you know, maybe what boundary needs to be in place so that you can actually genuinely step into a more loving Um, compassionate version of you because that's what the world needs more of at the end of the day. It doesn't need more fighting and battling and ranting and screaming. It actually needs more love and compassion. So if we can think about more of that every single day, yeah, we're going to help the world transform and shift into a better place. So Mm. yeah, that's maybe my like parting words of advice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I love them and I'm so appreciative for you taking the time to share you know, your insights and your journey and experiences, because I do believe that together we rise and that's the name of the podcast. And that's the notion that I believe is going to actually help us shift the trajectory. And I love when I get the opportunity to collaborate and speak with women and men like you that are in the space that are living it and that are doing it Mm. and being human whilst they're at it. (laughs) So that's that's it that's literally we we're, we're human at the end of the day like we will leave this this
1: bodysuit that we're in mm-hmm. you know so it's like at the end of the day when that happens what we're guess what we're all the same thing we're all love <laughs> no one's different no one you know when we're, we're not so divided if that makes sense like we actually are from the same thing so yeah, yeah.
0: that's it We're not that different. (laughs) And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a perfect place to leave it. So thank you so so much. Thank you for everybody that's tuned in. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. A double underscore their monthly membership and there being her and her beautiful husband, Frankie families for freedom is going to be opening up in 2024. And this is such a resource rich hub for families around all things holistic wellness, freedom, living, loving, and being the change to which she has spoken so much about in this episode. So if you've got a family, if you're planning on having a family or, uh, yeah, know of people in your circle that may have families and that freedom is a strong value for, I would highly encourage you to check out their spaces and get in amongst their community. Thank you so much for listening in on another episode of Together We Rise, the podcast. I am so incredibly grateful for those of you that tune in. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, if you got value out of it, I would be so appreciative if you would hit like, subscribe and share Um, and even rate the show because that just helps get it out. It helps get it into more spaces and places and yeah we can't do it without you so as the podcasters together we rise and my gratitude and appreciation for you